we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you can do to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Also, as well, Raphael's great shows, the Run the Floor podcast, and NBA Draft Junkies, and, of course, Lakerholics.com. It is truly appreciated. I want to also give a big shout-out before we go into our preview that if you didn't get a chance yet, please, on this Lakers Fast Break channel, either on the Lakers Fast Break on Facebook Live, Lakers Fast Break on YouTube, or the Lakers Fast Break wherever you get your podcasts, check out Monday's episode where I got a chance to sit down with Jeff Perlman, author of the number one sports biography, Three Ring Circus, detailing the early dynasties, well, the dynasty of the early 2000s with Kobe, Shaq, and Phil. So you want to go ahead and give that a listen. It was a great conversation I had with him. It's available now wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's almost upon us. It is the NBA Finals. It's coming out here on Wednesday night. We're looking forward to it. I'm so excited. The Lakers are back in the NBA Finals after 10 long years. LeBron, AD, and the crew are ready to match up against the Miami Heat. And here to break down the preview today are two great guests indeed. Hoping for some more. We thought we had more, but due to technical difficulties right now, we're short one. But right now we've got two great guests indeed. First, I want to start off with my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow. He is the man behind NBA Draft Junkies. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, or check out his most recent appearance on Knicks Fan TV. It is the superstar himself. It is <laughs> Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, hopefully one day you'll send me your autograph. <laughs> i kind of i like to throw you off man before i get you on the air <laughs> i can mail it i can mail it to you okay. <laughs> do a docking sign yes no worries no worries uh but yes i wanted to ask you my friend first off before i hit up magic man i want to ask you this when it comes down to the nba finals the first thing when you just look at the stats, you look at what's going on with the rosters, you look at the two teams and how they match up. The first thing that jumps out at you, uh, AD versus Bam. Uh, even, even though, well, I guess you're looking at the the roster, but to me, it's really Bron versus Riley, or Bron versus Bo, Bron versus the Heat. Um, but yeah, Bam, Bam versus uh, AD is going to be. An interesting matchup. I think AD wins that. Um, it's, it's hard to beat AD in a head-to-head matchup. Mm. I think that uh, you know Brian is going to win his matchup, but I just think it's the the role players, everybody else, that uh, is going to be key. You're right. It is going to be key as far as what's going on with the finals are concerned. I will say also as well, we've got here. He's one of the blog editors for. Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And Sean, aka Magic Man, Sean Grice, I want to ask you this. What's the first thing that sticks out to you when it concerns the Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, 
Well, what concerns me, Gerald, is what you mentioned in uh, the last podcast we were with together is the versatility. I mean, even though <clears throat> their three-point shooting percentage has dipped a little bit, they still play a brand of defense that lends itself to, I would say, you know, other multiple possessions, like 50-50 balls, uh, hustle plays. Like, I don't, like, we play a, a tough brand of defense as well, but I don't think we're going to outwork them as far as, like, the intangibles go. Well, I want to ask you this, because the Lakers, they're the top rebounding team in the NBA right now. That's obviously with the two teams. Let's just say of the two teams like, yeah, and whatnot. But the Heat go to the free throw line more than any other NBA team. I think it comes down to... What will do best, which one can get closer to the other? Can the Heat keep up with the rebounding prowess of the Lakers? Or can we cut down the number of free throws against the Heat? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Jimmy's been eating really well this year, and he's sort of changed his game a little bit because he's living more from the line right now. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I remember those old series, talked about old, when he was with the Bulls and he was up against Braun and he might have like eight to ten field goal attempts a quarter just to try and keep up with LeBron's pace. And now he's averaging, I think he's averaging less than 15 in the playoffs this year. So, I mean, he's really efficient. They're really efficient from the line. And I think you're right, Gerald. I think it's going to be a matter of just do our fundamentals rebounding beat their, you know, ability to get to the line. And also here with me today is a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today once again at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I posed the question already to Raphael. And also Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. I want to hear from you now, my friend. The first thing that jumps out to you when it concerns the Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Tom. Okay, good. Because I'm on my phone now. Technology has really been... I lost internet connection on my laptop. Yes. Um, I think the first thing that jumps out at me is... I don't know how the Heat is going to manage when the Lakers play Dwight Howard at center. And because uh, it's going to put them into a very tough situation where I think they almost have to change their starting lineup. Because um, there's no way that they can guard the, the front court of, of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard with just Bam Adebayo, um, Crowder, Jay Crowder, and uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, I, there's no way that that's going to work. Um, Adebayo's got to guard either Howard or uh, Davis. So what's the solution? The solution maybe is probably to, to make a substitution. But even even then, the substitution that they make doesn't really isn't really going to answer the problem. They have, they have a difficulty with the the roster that they have and the style of play that they have. Um, they have two non two two guys on that starting lineup. We're really non-shooters. Their three-point shooters are shooting uh, as a team uh, two-tenths of a percentage point higher than the Lakers are at this point in time. Um, their best two shooters, Hero and Robinson, 
are not shooting as well as Rondo, Morris, and KCP on the Lakers. So I think they've got a real tough situation with the matchups. It's just a bad matchup for them. And I don't see how, you know, their only hope probably is for Frank Vogel to start JaVale DeMiggie, who they can ignore. Um, Try to take him out on the three-point line and try to beat him three against two. You're so cool. But I don't see them being able to match with the Lakers front court. You're such you're such a cold, cold man when it concerns JaVale <laughs> McGee. I'll tell you, uh, he will not be sending you any Christmas cards this year, that's for sure. But then again, Rondo <laughs> may not be sending it to me either. But need I digress? I want to go ahead and ask you, Raphael. I mean, like you were talking about with Bam Adebayo versus AD, I don't think that's going to be a case we're going to see it as much as you think you would. Simply because of the fact that, like you know, Tom was alluding to, Jay Crowder might see a lot of time against, uh, you know, AD. I know we might see uh, what Kelly Olynyk. We might see you know maybe even Myers Leonard go up against AD just to try and get him into foul trouble. So I want to hear your thoughts on this actual matchup between the two because it's interesting to see it, who they will match up against AD. Or do, do you think they might even go throw some double teams out at him? Yeah, I definitely think that they'll throw some double teams. You'll see some zones. Um, you'll see, um, you know, you might see some gimmick defenses. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an interesting series. Um, like I said, AD is going to win the the individual matchup. It's just a matter of his efficiency, in my opinion. If he's getting 25 on 23 shots or if he's settling for a bunch of jumpers, which he's been knocking them down, yeah. And so far in the playoffs, um, but this, in my opinion, is his toughest matchup as far as uh, you know on the defensive end. Do you see that being the case, or is when it comes to you know as far as maybe I don't know, um, just a lot of jump shots from AD because he, he's very effective at the elbow at the free throw mm-hmm. line. It's when he gets out into the three-point line that's been kind of sketchy because, you know, overall he's, what, a, during the season, what, about a 30 31% shooter. But, you know, if that's the way the zones that might be thrown out against the Lakers, that might be what's necessary. Or do you think you can effectively find a way to get into the middle and break down that heat? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think the Lakers have the talent to really um, solve any defense. Um. I've always felt like if there is a a way to limit AD is to be physical with him and kind of beat him up. And I think Miami has the guys that that will be physical with him and you know just kind of make life a little uh, a little tough for him. Um, I thought I thought um, Millsap did a good job in a couple games, but you know AD is just you know he's he's just a load for him. But I think uh, Miami's just going to, you know, I, I think Crowder's going to be physical with them. Uh, I think uh, obviously Bam. Um, so so yeah, and then you know Olenek, he's dirty, yeah. and we've seen him. <laughs> he's seen ripped him, out uh, an arm or two. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I'm not saying that he'll he'll do that, but I think it's going to be a physical series, probably the most physical series the Lakers have have had in in this playoffs. I mean, it's Pat Riley team, and yeah. you know it's even though he's not necessarily the coach, but I wouldn't be shocked to see some ugly 
basketball. I, I wouldn't be shocked either way if, if you know, if it was a high-scoring series or if it were some games that barely reach 105 points. I wouldn't be shocked either way. I want to ask you this, Magic Man, real quick before we get to you, Laker Tom. Uh, I want to ask you this. Do you see a possibility of the, the Lakers getting behind the zone with a lot of alley-oops? Because obviously the alley-oops have been or something that's been a great weapon at times in the playoffs. Sometimes these teams would just say, you know what, there's not going to be any lobs against us, and we're just going to go ahead and pack the paint so you will not be able to do any lobs against us, and then Lakers have had to beat these teams otherwise, other ways. But when we've seen with the zone, one of the things that, that teams have been able to do, i.e. Boston and some of the other teams that they've been able to go ahead and compete against, I know they didn't throw out zones too much in the first two rounds, but when they tried to do against the uh, against the Boston Celtics, one of the things that they did, as far as effectively I saw Boston do, was throw up some alley-oops, throw up some lobs on the back end, as far as, as long as you have some cutters. Do you see that as an effective way to beat the zone, or at least to get them out of it? I could, but I, I really think that Spoh's kind of a mastermind when it comes to not making the same mistake twice as far as defense goes. I mean... I, um, I don't think transition it, points are going to be as easy as they were in previous rounds. For no, I don't think so either. So I, I think it. I think you're right, Gerald. I, I expect more of a slog, like the first couple of games. And you're right; it could pick up offensively. I think because I do see an elongated series. But I, I think you're right. I think we could see a defensive battle the first couple games because. Of the tentativeness, the um, you know the ability of the Heat to just keep scrapping away. I mean, again, I I keep emphasizing the fact that even though they struggle a little bit three point shooting wise, they're still able to come up with multiple stops defensively that they compete and they try and outwork you. This is a Pat Riley special right now. And I think that we're going to get their best. This is the best of the East, the best of the West. I know the media and a lot of the fans wanted to see the Celtics. You know, a part of me did too, but I really wanted to see the Heat because I know that LeBron wants a piece of Pat Riley. Well, I can tell you right now, for me, it was not any nostalgia, although I cannot stand the Celtics. Uh, I will tell you this. For me either. I, I'm I'm looking at it objectively. I just thought the Celtics were an easier matchup because there was no way they were, they were there was no way they were going to stop AD with anyone that they have, and no. LeBron could just bowl over anyone that they have as far as from a from a standpoint as far as who's going to guard him. So smart smart couldn't have kept up with him, et cetera, et cetera. But need I digress? They're not here. Miami is. One of the things, Laker Tom, I wanted to ask you is in regards to the versatility that I had spoken about before that Magic Band just mentioned that Raphael and I talked about because they have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, uh, not four, but five players that can score on you in bunches. Now, mind you, they don't have that one star player. Jimmy Butler doesn't always go and hit the stratosphere each and every game, nor is he relied upon it on that team. And that's the beauty of that of the Miami is that they don't have to have Jimmy Butler score 20 or 30 each and every game. He scored a dozen points on a couple of occasions in the playoffs and the team has been just fine. So I want to hear your thoughts 
on how much of a problem this will be for the Lakers as far as their versatility on Miami is concerned. Well, I think the flip side of that coin, Gerald, is the NBA Finals are won by superstars. They're not won by egalitarian teams. Tell that to Detroit. Players who are <laughs> equally able to just go. Um, you got LeBron James and, and you got Anthony Davis. They are by far the best two players in the series. Um, you can argue as much as you want that, uh, the, as the Heat try to claim that they have the next 10 best players or seven best players or whatever. <laughs> but it all comes down to how are they going to stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Um, there's a reason why nine out of 10 of the Sports Illustrated writers voted the Lakers to win. Um, there's a reason why Las Vegas has them as the heavy favorites. Well, not as much um, anymore. I will tell comes you. Down to the well, I will tell you that there's a lot of money going on Miami and that there's a lot of analysts out there that are picking the heat in six or seven games. It's okay. It's, it's not going to happen. The Lakers are by far the superior team. And I didn't say it was going to happen. I'm just telling and, you what's out there. Oh, but that's oh, still, I mean, there's seen some good odds. There's good odds. Good, and it's been a long shot that they think could come up and win. But the real reality is, is that this is LeBron James' opportunity, Anthony Davis's opportunity, and the Los Angeles Lakers' opportunity to win their 17th NBA championship. And they're not going to go into, their, into the series flat. They're not going to go into it overconfident. They're playing their best basketball right now. And if you put Dwight Howard in the lineup along with those two guys and better three-point shooters at this point in time in the playoffs than the Heat have, I don't see any way that the Heat can match up with the Lakers. It comes down to the matchups, matchups and superstars. There you go. Who's, who's going to guard Dwight Howard? You got go have out of bio guard eight. Who's going to guard Howard? Go ahead, Sean. Who's going to guard LeBron? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald, um, mentioned Detroit there. I just wanted to bring something up. And again, this, some people might call this Lakers exceptionalism, you know, whatever. But in, um, we remember that we lost in five games to Detroit. The next season, we missed the playoffs. Well, this year, my friend, the Lakers went from missing the playoffs all the way to the NBA Finals and were the only team to bookend that particular little factoid in NBA history. That's a good, that's a good point. Indeed. Raphael, I want to ask you this real quick when it comes to LeBron and who's guarding him. That's also a note of contention because Andre Iguodala, this is one of the reasons why they got Andre Iguodala and also Jay Crowder and also have Jimmy Butler. I know it's not the Iguodala of two years ago or even one year ago, possibly, although he did have a great game in their last game in game six against Boston, which is probably his one of his first really, really strong games for the Miami Heat. But I want to hear your thoughts. Can anybody really slow down LeBron at all on the Heat outside of going to a, a just a fierce double team on him every time he has? No, I don't think anybody can slow LeBron down. I mean, the only time I've really seen him slow down was when Dallas ran that tricky zone man defense. But I do think Miami has the defenders that they can throw at him to, you know, just kind of make things a little bit difficult for him. Even though, like, everyone says the Iguodala's not the player of old, if I remember correctly, he's been injured with the hamstring or 
or whatever injuries in the last few finals. So I think we might see like the best version of him since 2000. Was it 15 that, that he won the MVP? I think so. So, yeah, I mean, he's well rested. He's probably played, what, 20 games <laughs> this year? At the most. Um, I mean, I think that he could be a liability on the offensive end. But for whatever reasons, like, he always hit timely big shots with Golden State. And I think even was was it the last game? He yep, four for four. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. So I think that uh, he's he's uh, I think he's someone that uh, you know could have a real impact in the series. I mean Crowder, um, you know he's physical, and he's uh, and... he's either been fiery hot or ice cold here in the playoffs. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah, he started off hot. Yeah, started off hot. Now it's icy think. cold. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you know LeBron is going to get his points. I mean, I personally want to see aggressive Bron from game one all the way on. None of the passive stuff. If you know, I mean, there's been games we saw in this playoffs where you like, you can tell in the first minute of the game. All right, he's he's looking to come in and dominate this entire game, and then there's games where he's just going to get his 25 points in the flow of the offense. I think this series he needs to. Uh, you know, enforce his will from the opening tap. And I mean, I can say the same for, for Jimmy Butler also, but, you know, LeBron, is obviously he can turn it on <laughs> at, at any given time. I think, you know, with Butler, it's, you know, it, it's definitely not going to be as consistent. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good series. I think that um, um, Miami's just been so underestimated all year. And I feel like, they're going to go into this finals knowing that most people are predicting them to lose. And so I think that's going to fuel them. And I just, you know, got to make sure the Lakers don't get too overconfident. I mean, the fans are. Yeah. But I, I mean, on a social media standpoint and a fan standpoint, obviously it's been overwhelmingly LeBron, you know, mm-hmm. Lakers, whatnot. I'm just saying from a betting standpoint and also as well from what I'm seeing in the analysts out there, more and more analysts are picking the heat in a long series right now than I've, and I was surprised in seeing personally, but then I, I also see the numbers shrinking as far as it's turned. Cause so much money is going right now on the heat Vegas Laker, Tom, I don't, are you there Laker Tom? He looks frozen. Yeah. He looks frozen right now. So I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. Of course. But Sean, I want to ask you this, my friend, since Laker Tom is not available. But when it comes to the size matchup, do you think the Lakers will stay big or do you think it suits them? Because they've seen a version of them small and go five out, and you've seen versions where they go big and go all in on that. What do you think is going to be best to suit them right now coming up in the finals? Do you think stay with Dwight, possibly even adding some McGee in there, keeping them as far as two bigs for as long as he possibly can, then closing out with AD, or do you see something different? Well, I'll answer that question, but I'll I'll ask you a question first, Joe. How many okay. minutes do you expect Bam Adebayo to play during the finals? I expect him to play 35 40. to 40 every game. Yeah, so I'd expect to see a lot of at least two of the three, LeBron, AD, and Dwight, at least two of the three on him most minutes. And I expect either AD and Dwight to I think either I'm comfortable as a Laker fan with either one of those guys um, coming up to Bam at the three-point line. 
because I know either one of them can recover to the free throw line. And I know that the perimeter defense with LeBron, he's like a crocodile, he's like a saltwater crocodile when he sees somebody with the ball in their hands. He literally is running at them like a saltwater crocodile and people are scared. Here, you take it. You take it. it. It's literally amazing to see a guy at 35. I, I didn't even see Jordan do this. And I remember Michael Jordan in his prime as a defender. I didn't see guys get scared to run off a three-point line when Jordan came in. I'm seeing it with LeBron James. I'll tell you what, this saltwater crocodile thing, man, this got me kind of scared. I've been in Florida and seen the saltwater, saltwater crocodiles, so I don't well, know. They, they might they're, be they they're lurking somewhere around where you know where they're at down in 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 Disney. So you know they are lurking absolutely, around there. Absolutely, and and the thing about them it, that's crazy is they they can jump their whole body out of the water. Absolutely, oh. I, I think Laker Tom is still having issues because we're probably seeing him right now at probably what <laughs> one frame a second. Laker Tom, <laughs> do we have you here? Are you there? Laker time was on AOL. Yeah. Can we hear you, Laker? Oh, there he is. Yeah, 2800 baud modem. There you go. He's got the disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show is going off the rails. Uh, Laker time, you there? Ground control to me. No. Uh, I guess not. So. Before we head on out, it looks like this is going to be a no-show for Laker Tom. I feel real bad for him because he was really excited for this. Uh, also, Jamie Sweet, want to give him a big shout-out as well. I know he wanted to be here. Uh, I know hopefully tomorrow night we will have everybody okay with I their don't think internet. So, Gerald. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Laker Tom. Ground control to Laker Tom, as, as Sean would say. Can you hear us? Laker Tom? This is awesome for live video. All right. <laughs> well, well, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and uh, hear, update what you're working on, Sean, but also as well, want to hear what you're going on with you, Raphael. Laker, Laker Tom, are you there? Last call, last chance, last opportunity, my friend. Are you there? Yeah, we're seeing you just uh, having some issues there. <laughs> Got to call that cable company tomorrow. I know that's probably the first thing for you. <laughs> Believe me, that's uh, some things I've had to deal with in the past too as well. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But, Raphael, before we head on out, my friend, what are you up to at NBA Draft Junkies? 
Uh, just uh, updating content. I um, did a show yesterday on uh, Nick's Fan TV. It was interesting. It was my first time doing a, a live show. It was live stream on YouTube. I've done that before, but where they had callers, so that was actually pretty interesting. And you know, all the callers. It was it was comedy. It was it was, it was a fun show. So um, I, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, put a video up that I that I wanted to, but I should have it up tomorrow, but um, I, I will have another international prospect up. And then today, my days are all mixed up. Um, today I did upload, a, was it yesterday? Maybe it was yesterday. I uploaded a video of uh, Israeli prospect Yamadar. I think that he could be a, a guy that teams should pick. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, he's a, a player that teams should take a flyer on in the, in the second round. Um, he kind of reminds me of... Uh, a combination of Patrick Beverly and Carlos Arroyo. So that's an interesting combination. So is having two Laker Toms, which you had on here for a couple seconds. That threw me off. Well, Laker Tom, Sean, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt. Uh, Again, check out Raphael's site, NBA Draft Junkies, and also his Run the Floor podcast as well. Laker Tom, before we lose you for the 70th time on this show, I want you about to go, that, uh, no worries, my friend. It makes for great live television. But I want to ask you this. <laughs> uh, maybe we can go ahead and, and see what we can do to to vote this November. And one of the hopefully one of the things we can vote on is better internet coverage for us nationwide. But anyways, Laker Tom, I want to ask you this, my friend. What are you up to at Lakerholics.com? I want to hear one of you know, Drawfield, I always take bets on how many things you have in the chamber. Brady just cocked and loaded right there. What do you got? I'm, you know, I'm guessing yeah. five. I'm guessing five. I know Rafael actually, probably said actually, I. Actually, I, actually I, I, five is actually the right number. Yes. Um, oddly enough, one of the one of the problems that I ran into is that um, I ran into it on Medium because basically I've got so many things in in work at a different levels, and Medium posts them based upon their original date that I did them. So I, they're coming out chronologically out of order, uh, but I'm working on a piece that, that uh, of uh, Dwight and uh, and Rajan being the being the uh, un, the unknowns that uh, the Lakers have come come across. Um, I obviously spent a lot of time on the whole Javel McGee situation, and I've been making a lot of comments on the site, drawing a lot of conversation in that direction. Um, Eric Pincus actually, who's one of the top reporters for the Lakers actually brought up the subject that he thought that uh, Vogel might actually start JaVale. Uh, His logic was based upon his good performances back in November and December, which was the last, the last time the Lakers played uh, the heat, which really just gave me shivers to think that a head coach would make a decision to start to Vail McGee based upon two games nine and a half months ago versus the guy who just had, came in and played two of the best games that we've seen all year. Does it concern so, you though that they, you know, this team, the Miami Heat, capitalizes on the free throw line better than anyone? So Dwight Howard, you and I both know Dwight Howard is very prone to get cheap fouls. True, so, but the other side of it is if they try to throw a 2-3 zone against the Lakers, that is going to be disastrous because we, if you went back and looked, there, uh, Pete Zayas of Laker Film Room 
had a great video from back in the November game when they threw that zone against us. And the way you break that zone basically is to get somebody at the free throw line who can really distribute the ball or threaten. And that's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. In that particular series, there was dunk after dunk underneath from, from McGee and from Howard as they, they won that game 95 to 80, I think. Um, that was a home game for the Lakers. But get the ball to LeBron. You know, they took a little bit of time to understand what was happening, as most teams do when they get thrown a zone, have a zone thrown against them. But basically, they ended up getting the ball to LeBron or AD at the in the at the free throw line. AD shoots, you know, eighty five percent from that spot, <laughs> and you know, and it's just like three is greater than two, but not when the guy shooting two is shooting eighty five percent. So I think that the Heat really still have a problem. And I think if they, I don't think they can throw the zone against the Lakers. Um, and their best, their best hope is probably to try to build a wall the way that other teams have, and hope that the Lakers three-point shooters, who have won twelve of twelve games when they shoot over thirty percent, and they've shot over thirty percent on twelve of the fifteen games. So it's going to be a tough hole for the. The other thing that that everybody keeps forgetting is. The bubble helps teams that have young players because they don't have to play in front of the fans. They don't have to have that pressure that comes from all of the fans screaming and and finishing a game seven or the first two games in a in a hostile arena. But the simple fact is the pressure does mount and ratchet up as you get deeper into the playoffs. The Heat shot 39% in the first round, 37% in the second round, 32% in the third round. That pressure is going to get bigger and bigger in this series. And the Lakers have five guys who have extensive finals experience. The Heat have zero. That's a big factor when you come down to a final closeout, four games to go. And you have LeBron James, who's been in more finals than 27 of the 30 NBA teams. And anybody who doubts that LeBron is probably as hungry for this championship as any he has had been in in his 17-year career, it is really almost a laugh to think that the Heat are going to survive. Go ahead, Raphael. Yeah, I don't think the finals experience means a lot. I mean, Golden State had absolutely zero, and they ran off, what, was it three? Three? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, but they five. had three superstars. Name those three superstars on the Miami Heat. Well, did we they consider them guy superstar superstar. in 2015? I don't think we considered them superstars in 2015. Only one was an all star. Well, who, who besides that of Iowa is going to emerge like that? I mean, well, Butler's an all star. I mean, Hero could end up being, have a Clay Thompson type activity, you know, performance or, or career. Um, yeah, I just think that this team has never won the NBA Finals. Never. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it from that year. point. Yeah, but you're saying I, it like I, it's a, there's actually been a six seed that has. So you're saying it like one. it's one six seed. It's, it's a bubble. We've never had a bubble before either. Yeah. Ahead, so Bob. so it, so if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think AD has shot. I think it's fourteen for thirty-two or twelve for thirty percent or something like that like that from three so he's shooting well over 38 percent he wasn't shooting the three ball all that well throughout the season no about 30 percent clip like i said earlier yeah right so if he if he 
shooting, you know, around 35% for free. And he's still shooting that, you know, ridiculous 50% from mid-range on 50% of his shots. I mean, there's not much he can do with that. And that's that's the problem that they have. He's efficient at all three levels. And when he's at least efficient in two of the three, and you have LeBron James and a cast of other good players, it's difficult to beat this team. So do you think, do you think that, I, that, that AD is going to take Bam out to the three-point line? Because I've read a couple of articles where they sort of have alluded to that being the Lakers' strategy if Bam decides to guard him. Yeah, well, I don't know what I don't know what they do with Howard then underneath. Well, they no, wouldn't be no. playing Howard because Bam would yeah, be guarding yeah, Dwight I, Howard. Yeah, that, that's what I'm guessing. Who's going to guard AD then? Well, they'll throw Crowder. They'll throw one of the big guys uh, as far as their six I, seven. They could even put up bring out Olenek on him. But I I think I think what's going to happen is Rondo and LeBron are going to do a lot of head hunting for these guys. Oh, I'm that's, I'm sure they will. That's what you're going to see pretty much throughout the series. Raphael, I know you had something you want to say before uh, we go ahead and. Uh, oh yeah, I was just talking it. about how, um, you know, in 2015, we didn't think Draymond was a superstar or Clay or any of those guys. We respected it once they won, and um, yeah, I mean, I think Hero could be a future All Star. Bam is is developing into one of the best bigs in the game, and so I, I think that a lot of people are really underestimating Miami, which is exactly how they want it. If you poll, you know, 10 Laker fans, five games at the most, <laughs> Miami doesn't stand a shot. Like well, we got two guys right here with six. Well, you know, he's got a point Raphael does because Kendrick Nunn was a first team all rookie and he didn't even play. And they could put him out at any point in time. Same thing with Derek Jones Jr. who played some admirable defense over the course of the playoffs. They have some players on that team as far as versatility is concerned. Are they LeBron and AD? No, but they can pick up fouls. This is the same kind of thing that you were talking about against Jokic. It could work opposite against us. So it's something that we have at the Lakers have to guard against is silly fouls and keeping LeBron and AD effective out the floor. That's the thing. And then obviously trying not to commit too many fouls. If they keep the free throw disparity close... That's a big win for the Lakers because, again, you're talking about the number one team going to the free throw line in the Miami Heat. you got to go ahead and make sure that you go ahead and at least minimize that difference as best as possible while still maintaining your advantage on the boards and your height. So hopefully we'll go ahead and see that. But before we head on out, guys, I know Laker Tom, like I said, has got a lot of things going on at Lakerholics.com and his medium articles as well. So you want to go ahead and check out what he's doing at Lakerholics.com. Sean, a.k.a. Magic Man. But yes, go ahead, Raphael. Yeah, I wanted to add, I think that Drogic is underrated. I mean, if you, Absolutely. let's say if you go by the last three years, Miami has had more All-Stars than the Lakers. Yeah. Drogic was an All-Star a couple of years ago. Butler was, Bam was this year. And he, ever that's... since he got into the starting lineup, he's been playing really well. Yeah, I mean, I think that they were. He's their, big, he's their best player right now. Yeah, so I, I think it. I think it goes two ways. I think the Lakers were playing Javale a lot of minutes, and two point six in the last game to save AD to play a bigger role in the playoffs. 
Right. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be play. fair? Right. But I'm saying like all, he was talking all, about season all season long, all season. all season long, you know, they, they're not playing the same rotations that they played all season. Right. No, and right, so right. I think that Miami may have been doing the same thing. Drogic is older. He might be 34. Was Kendrick Nunn playing a lot more minutes to save Drogic for the playoffs? Myers Leonard has only played nine minutes in the entire playoffs. He was actually their starting center for the season. Started 51 games. Yeah. yeah. So I think they've been doing a little smoke screen. I think that the problem that the Lakers may have with Goron is that he's so aggressive. He's looking to attack every play. And he's the type of player, depending on how the refs call it, he can get AD or Dwight or any guys in foul trouble in two bang-bang plays early. And I think especially Dwight. I think Dwight is going to alter some shots, but I I can see Dwight getting in foul trouble pretty fast this game because Miami has some irritants. You know, yes. like, the you know, Houston maybe had a little, but he didn't play that much. Uh, you know, in Portland, you saw him getting into it with Carmelo, and then once he got in his head, he started picking up dumb, crazy fouls. I think Miami has a couple guys that are some irritants that can make Dwight do some stupid stuff. So you know he's going to make one or two crazy turnovers a game. But, yeah, I think um, – So it might be up to your guide, Laker Tom, JaVale McGee. You never know. I don't think they want to play him, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they if have they to. have to play him. They shouldn't. I mean, I just think that JaVale should not play a minute. I'm with Laker time on that one. You can always play AD and Morris together. It should be yeah. under no circumstances where AD, I mean, or JaVale plays. But, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he does. Well, I, I do agree with you, Raphael, that, that uh, I mean, I've always wanted Goran Dragic on the Lakers. And it, uh, you have I said that. The, uh, the fact that he's priced himself well out of the <clears throat> MLE with how well he's played. But it still comes down to experience, you know. You, you can't make the jump, and it's only the bubble that has allowed the Heat to get to this point in time. They've been they've they've had the biggest benefit from being in the bubble, and it's been their young players. It's been Hero and and Robinson who've who've really shined, and Abadayo's is Adebayo's really come along and is a is an outstanding player. But you got so much experience on the Lakers with with. LeBron and Rondo and and even AD though this is his, this is his first finals he's been playing great and he's he's got you know he's got more playoff games all right now in this series than he's had in his entire career mm-hmm. uh, I think the deck is still too stacked and experience the bubble may have minimized experience in the first three rounds but this is the NBA finals no matter how you slice and dice it it's the NBA finals. And the pressure is going to be on these guys knowing that they got four games to win. And if they lose four games, they are out. Well, let me just go ahead and end it like this then. First off, Jamie Sweet, thanks so much for watching. I know you couldn't be make it on tonight, but I wanted to read some of the comments that he had. He would say that if the Lakers can stay healthy and get even to a plus production from their bench, then the Lakers have a solid chance of bringing home the gold. He also mentioned the free throw line is where the series will be won or lost. Again, Miami is going to probably shoot more free throws during the whole series. That's, the, that's I think, going to be pretty much a given. But if the Lakers can cut down that margin to as small a window as possible, that's the, to the benefit of the Los Angeles Lakers. He if, also, if, if the Lakers, 
if the Lakers prevent the Heat from shooting at least a hundred free throws, I believe they'll win the series. But yeah, I mean, there's no way Miami should shoot more free throws than the Lakers. No, yeah, no. Lakers are bigger. They're going to be more aggressive. They're going to attack the rim. I don't think they're going to pull AD out in the perimeter. Well, I'm hoping that that's the case and that the Lakers will actually win the free throw battle. I'm just going by off what the analytics have said and what the, what the average number of free throw attempts per game, which is an advantage big time on the Heat. But if that's the case, I would love to see that, it, you know, shrunk even further or even the Lakers getting the, the lead on that one. I wanted to go ahead and finish what Jamie was trying to say. Drogic is going to be a problem. Obviously, like you were saying, Tom, he thinks Miami has to go small and go five out in order to force Dwight Howard to the bench. That's also a possibility as well. But when it comes down to it, and we're going to head on this as far as for all you guys, I'm going to let Jamie Sweet talk about his prediction right now. He predicts the Lakers in six. So before we head on out, I want to go ahead and hear from each one of you guys your predictions. Sean, a.k.a. Magic Man, you can check out what he's doing today at LakerAlex.com. I want to hear your final thoughts. It's a hell of a matchup, Gerald. It's a matchup I wanted to see as a hardcore NBA fan. This is the Heat, the Lakers, the best in the West, the best in the East. I think it's going to be too much for Miami to overcome AD. I think it's a bit of a long series, but I like the Lakers in six. There you go. There's one right there for you. Agreement with Jamie Sweet. Somewhere Jamie is probably, you know, giving you a high five virtually because he agrees (laughs) with you. My good friend, Rafael Barlow, who's been with me. And first off, I want to again thank him for his entire patience and, and with me entire playoffs we've been doing this each and every time out cannot thank him enough and i I do owe him a great debt of gratitude for it the nba finals are here my friend so here we go all right i want to hear your thoughts final thoughts and a prediction on the nba final lakers and seven hey lakers and seven there you go going all the way going the distance but he has the lakers pulling out in seven that's uh already something that uh people are getting excited about because uh I, I know you and I are both concerned about the versatility that the Heat bring. He has the Lakers in seven, Magic Man, and Jamie Sweet in six. Lakerholics.com is also blessed with all the great, wonderful 15,000 articles that Laker Tom brings to you each and every week at Lakerholics.com. A lot of articles, so I'll just say that. So my friend, you've been very gracious to go ahead and fight through your internet to try and stay on the show today. So before we head on out, I thought I'd give you the last word on our panel, outside of myself. What do you have the finals as and your final thoughts on this series? Well, you can always tell if you look at, listen to what Jamie and, and Sean both come out with because they're both kind of class half empty guys. So I always figure that they've added, you know, one more game on there just to balance things out. <laughs> so they're really, they're really predicting the Lakers in five. And and I was thinking about it. And, uh, Mrs. Laker Tom actually predicted the Lakers the sweep. Wow. I'm going to stick with the five as the magic number because I was right against the Blazers and we took the Blazers in five. I had the Nuggets in five. I had the Rockets in five. So I can't go away from the Lakers in five. Well, for me, I will just say this uh, again, if you could check out my great and awesome interview with Jeff Perlman, 
author of the number one sports biography book on Amazon, Three Ring Circus. I hope you get a, a chance to do so because it's really good. And yes, before we head on out, I got to go ahead and get my thoughts. I think it's going to be too much LeBron, too much AD. And you know what, Tom? My prediction is going to be right on the money because I feel I'm not giving them an extra game. It is going to be six. So for Rafael Barlow, Sean Rice, a.k.a. Magic Man, and Laker Tom, we truly appreciate everyone listening out there to us here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions, Rafael Barlow is at Barlow500. Laker Tom is at Laker Tom on Twitter. Sean Grice, you can hit him up at MagicMan on Lakerholics.com. And, of course, myself at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, you don't like us at all, whatever, please just share us your thoughts on Twitter today. Here we go, guys. NBA Finals coming up tomorrow night. We're so excited. Lakers back in the NBA Finals. Will they do it? We'll find out, and we'll give you a recap of Game 1 tomorrow night right here at the Lakers Fast Break.